0: The 2023 NFL trade deadline is today at 4 p.m. Is general manager Howie Roseman going to make one last trade? Stock up, stock down after a thrilling win over the Washington Commanders. All that and more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm Louis DiBiase, joined as always by Gino Camilleri, getting you ready for today's NFL trade deadline and taking another look back at a thrilling but exhausting win over the Washington Commanders, 38-31, to get to 7-1, and Gino to get to the only 7-win mark of any team in the NFL. San Francisco lost again. Kansas City lost. The Eagles right now, by record, and I think it reflects this correctly. They are the best team right now in the NFL.
1: They're absolutely the best team in the National Football League. And this is the only daily podcast where you can hear them each and every single day where we talk about the best team in football. We get to come here every day, Lou, and talk about a team that has, what, under Jalen Hurts, lost three games in the regular season. If you're not here and subscribing, which you should do right now, click over there. I don't know what you're missing out on. And we have a trade deadline ahead where Howie Roseman, our general manager, set this trade deadline up six years ago in 2017 by opening the dam with the Jay Ajayi trade. And that deadline, Lou, I went back and looked. that was the first time where multiple players and big time players are getting dealt at the time. Calvin Benjamin was also traded. I mean, he wasn't great, but he was for a high round pick and it all stemmed from Jay Ajayi. And now we're through the golden Tate years and we saw Robert Quinn and multiple moves during off seasons and, Here you are after you made a Kevin Byard move, and you're saying Howie Roseman is like George Steinbrenner if Steinbrenner was a GM of the Philadelphia Eagles because any player in the National Football League – they should be ready to be coming to Philadelphia at quite literally any given time with Howie Roseman at the Novacare Complex.
0: Yeah, so the deadline is Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. The Eagles made the move that they had to make last week, which was Kevin Byard. They give up a fifth mm-hmm. rounder and a sixth rounder and Terrell Edmonds to the Tennessee Titans. Byard made his debut on Sunday for the Eagles. That was the position at safety. I think to really get them over the hump and be a complete roster, they needed that player. Now... If they don't make another move, Gino, I'm fine with it, right? If they don't acquire somebody, they did trade away a player on Monday. They made a move with the Atlanta Falcons, sending defensive tackle Contavious Street and a 2025 seventh rounder to Atlanta for a 2024 six. So they actually got back a six and they gave one up last week for Bayard. So that move was made. So he's technically made two trades. If he was going to acquire somebody else, Again, I think there are spots that you can improve this roster, like slot corner, linebacker, running back, tight end, two. But is there a move that has to happen, though? I don't think so. I think that was Kevin Byard.
1: I'm going to challenge you on that and play Dell's okay. advocate. Seattle, the team that's one of the ones that's closest to you right now, San Francisco is worried about... If Brock Purdy would have beat Jalen Hurts, but they might not even win their own division at this rate. And the Seahawks go out and get Leonard Williams from the Giants after they already made a big time signing there earlier this offseason. Teams around you are trying to get better, Lou.
0: Yeah, but you do you necessi- Kevin Byard's a bigger move than anything San Fran and Seattle did.
1: Oh, I, I totally agree, but do you think Howie Roseman is the guy that sees this going on and is saying no. if there's a deal that's too good to be true, oh, that no. he's going to go and yes, it. Yes, I'm
0: that. not saying I'm predicting Howie's not going to make right. a move. No, I'm no, saying no. I don't need another move to happen. The one that needed to happen has happened, but will something happen? I would say probably. Honestly, yeah, Gino. There's I mean, probably a
1: good bet that it does.
0: Yeah, and I really like what I saw from Eli Ricks and Sidney Brown in the slot on Sunday against Washington, but if you sat that he made a trade for Kenny Moore or Jalen Johnson on Tuesday would I be surprised not at all I think another position and the other spots like linebacker the report is is that he's sniffing around the linebacker position which I would actually rather probably have now than slot corner Um, I think slot corner would do more if it's like Kenny Moore versus like a Zaire Franklin or a Devondre Campbell but I think linebacker might actually be more likely I would predict it's more of a, a small move like let's say on offense you want to bring in a another pass-catching tight end because you really have nothing behind Dallas Goddard right now. Or, hey, what about running backs? You know, I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, a fumble on Sunday. He's been getting way too involved in the red zone attack. Beyond DeAndre Swift, like, can you bring in a Dalvin Cook type of player to just challenge Gainwell? Because I think Boston Scott should get more reps, but he's not getting them. Rashad Penny's on ice. They're not giving him a chance. Is there somebody you can bring in so Gainwell isn't this featured RB2? I mean, there's some moves that could definitely happen. So I'm not saying how he's not going to make one. Especially
1: after hearing Nick Sariani talk in his press conference after that game about having to talk to Kenneth Gainwell about not DMing somebody in the yeah, middle of a that? game. What are we doing? We're the Eagles. We're not the Raiders. We're not. I mean, the Cleveland Browns, that's not who this team is, man. And You talk about maybe having somebody come in and take your job, that's a pretty good reason to, to go and look elsewhere, right? He At- just
0: hasn't been good enough. And unfortunately, i don't, that's what I would do. The Eagles clearly trust him, though, because he's out there a lot. I've made the take multiple times that Boston Scott is a more dynamic athlete on the field. He's more dangerous as a weapon than Kenneth Gainwell is. but And even Rashad Penny, he looked shot know, week two against Minnesota, but maybe give him one other opportunity while he's on ice just to see if he's got any legs still. I don't know, but something's got to change. And if you don't use those two, like Dalvin Cook went to the Jets front office and said he's not happy with his role. I mean, you can give up pennies for a Dalvin Cook type of player. And I don't know. I just I think someone's got to challenge Kenny G as RB two. And so maybe that's what the deadline could be used for as well. Because maybe Howie doesn't see it the same way as the coaches.
1: Well, we can talk about personnel and we can talk about coaching because when it comes to personnel, I definitely think they can use an upgrade there. When yeah. it comes to coaching, how about in the red zone? Just throw the ball to A.J. Brown every single time oh, or I'm Julio Jones yeah. or Devontae Smith or Dallas Goddard or DeAndre Swift and not and it give it to well. Like yeah, that I mean, That's maybe what we can do and yeah. c- cut our losses there. But I agree with you. If you're going to make a move, I personally – like the idea of adding a back that is a little bit different from what you have in DeAndre and a little bit different from what you have in Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, because clearly Rashad Penny doesn't seem to be in favor of the coaching staff. And who knows if he's ever going to dress a guy like Dante Foreman or a guy like, I know we're going to hate the name, but like Ezekiel Elliott, like these guys that are like bigger body backs that are just going to cost you next to nothing. Trade after Zach Jonathan Taylor,
0: would they extend or would they make Zach Moss expendable now? I don't know. Those are the type of moves that I would be willing to to
1: look at, right? Because we've had the discussion about positions like pass rusher and linebacker and yeah, cornerback I heard and Gino safety. Yeah, today from
0: an NFL reporter. I, maybe just play Nolan Smith more. I don't know. That doesn't seem right to me. Right. And what I was getting
1: at was that, At those positions, I didn't want them to get somebody that is going to take snaps away from somebody who's younger. At running back, you don't have anybody signed on the roster past this season outside of Kenny Gainwell, who's still on his rookie deal, and that's the guy who we're talking about replacing. So why shouldn't you be willing to go up and give – I mean, nickels on the dollar to go get Delvin Cook right now, who Brees Hall clearly is the better option there. And he's unhappy with his role. And there's plenty of guys at that position, much like Jay Ajayi. Like, time is a flat circle. Go backwards, man. Like, what was Jay? That's exactly what we're talking about now. Like, how perfect would 2017 Jay Ajayi be for this backfield right
0: now? No, yeah, that style of player, 100%. I I think the most impactful would probably still be slot corner, but... I don't know. Mm. I, I, I'm i a big believer in what I saw from Eli Ricks and Sidney Brown. It's two rookies that are playing a new position. I think they're only going to get better as the year goes on. They've had some really mm-hmm. tough assignments already this year that they've stood pat on. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you're okay at these positions. There's definitely like – that. you made a great point, though, with Howie. It's like he, I don't think he's ever good with just being okay at any position and just mm. settling. And that could be at linebacker, too. So I, I think a move very likely could still happen by four.
1: Let's hope so. It's a lot more fun when it is that way. I mean, I just remember being on this show for now six seasons. We've covered it, Lou. And I remember that golden Tate trade. That was our first deadline that we ever reacted. And even that wasn't great. And Robert Quinn wasn't great. But the thing is, Howie Roseman is somebody that's always going to take swings of the bat. He's never going to keep that bat on his shoulder and go down looking. He's going to try and hit that thing out the park.
0: Well, he proved it. He's already made two trades before the deadline. We'll see if he makes another one. But coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles, want to get back into that win on Sunday over Washington. It's stock up, stock down. Who shined in a 38-31 victory over the Commanders? That's coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. We're able to
1: talk you here on Lockdown Eagles because we have great partners like our friends over at DoorDash. DoorDash? I can't believe it either. But I bet you can because you have a real life promo code that's going to help you out and save you 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 more. Gino, what is this promo code? Well, it's LOCKED23, 23, L-O-C-K-E-D 23. And once again, you get 50% off a $10 value when you spend up to $15 or more on your first order, whether you're going to get a steak from De Rossi's, a pizza from Santucci's, Get your favorite Wawa hoagie, get your groceries delivered from Wegmans. You can use all of that simply on the DoorDash app after you get done listening to this. Or heck, you could do it while you are listening to us on your phone. Download that app, use that promo code LOCK23, and you will save 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order over at DoorDash.
0: We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the show. And, guys, football season well underway. We're halfway through the year, which is crazy to say. Lockdown is kicking up our coverage with Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Lockdown will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern time on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Host to Nitra Batiste, Jarvis Davis, Kyle Krabs. They'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, your betting angles, all that and more. Plus, get the in-depth local analysis from our stable of NFL hosts across the country who know these teams better than anyone else. Find Locked On NFL Kickoff live every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time on any Locked On NFL YouTube channel. All right, Gino, it's time for stock up, stock down after a 38-31 win over the Commanders. The Eagles, the only team in the NFL at 7-1. and one. And we got to start with QB1, Jalen Hurts. This was his best performance, I think, by a lot through the air this year. And even compared to last year, he had some nuclear performances. But, I mean, what he did on Sunday with a bad leg against a pretty good defense a 76.3 percent completion percentage 319 passing yards and four passing touchdowns and again it's more impressive because his legs aren't really a threat right now and that impacts the defense and the passing game right they're not Mm -hmm. using as much rpo like he's more of a traditional pocket passer at times and he's balling even more than he was last year it's Unbelievably impressive what he's been doing. And Sunday, they needed him to be special to win that game. They needed him to be the two hundred plus million dollar man they paid him to be, and he was that and more. It was an unbelievable performance as a passer.
1: Yesterday or Sunday, rather, should be the final time that we ever have to have the discussion: Is Jalen Hurts anything more than a guy who is a good athlete? And can run and kind of throw the football. Because if you say otherwise, you just aren't paying attention. He You're just run not watching. <laughs> he could have run. He ran for six yards. Yeah, there Jeff was no Kerr. threat of that. Yeah. Jeff Kerr over at CBS Sports. Jalen Hurts in the pocket since the start of last season. Lou, listen to this. 72.7% mm-hmm. completion percentage. 5,331 passing yards. 31 touchdowns. 12 interceptions. 8.6 yards per attempt, a yep. 107.1 rating, which puts him first in the NFL in completion rate percentage, second in passer rating, third in yards per attempt, and seventh in passing touchdown. The guy's a quarterback. If you say anything else, you and just aren't paying too. attention. He's I mean, you know, at the top of the league right
0: now. Has anyone ever evolved this dramatically as a pocket passer in a two year span? I don't know. Like from where he was in 2021 to now, I can't think of another quarterback that has made this dramatic of an improvement. It's again, he is an elite, like top five pocket passer. It's incredible.
1: You always make the comparison or we do rather on the show to Josh Allen. Right. And I don't think yeah. Josh is that good of a pocket passer. Like he's just, he like got at This
0: point of view, like from an no. accuracy perspective, like completion percentage, Touch, envision, putting the ball
1: on the money. Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's really close at this point, to be honest with. You. I mean, overall player, like right now, Josh yes. is, I mean, he's an MVP candidate every single year, right? But Jalen Hurts, you know, he could beat you with his legs. Well, the guy has one and a half legs at this current point in time with that banged up knee. You saw him hobbling to the snap when they had to get that quick snap off. And Ron Rivera also, can we talk about this, Lou? You had so much time for them to challenge that play. And he used it as an excuse that the Eagles were hustling up to the ball. Why were the Eagles hustling up to the ball? Why was Jalen Hurts with a bad knee? Like, hey, the team that
0: caught the ball doesn't think they caught it. Maybe we should throw the flag.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but even with that, it didn't affect his accuracy at all. And I love to ask you, and I asked you on the post game show, find me a bad throw. From the last two weeks, like you're I gonna went be hard and, pressed to
0: find one. Yeah, I, I went back and watched the game from Sunday. There weren't many bad throws. And Gino, this year in the NFL, Jalen Hurts has the highest completion percentage above expected, according to next gen stats. He has mm-hmm. a higher completion percentage than twenty twenty two. His yards per game passing is higher than twenty twenty two. His touchdown pace is set to be more than twenty twenty two. So again, We've been making this take on the show for weeks. Like The turnovers have been a problem. And again, another fumble. This one wasn't really his fault in the red zone, but another turnover for sure that's docked on his record. But outside of the turnovers, he's been as good as last year, if not better, as a pocket passer. And again, I want to reiterate how important the mobility part is, because last year, not to like take away how good he was as a passer, but the RPO game and his mobility, that puts such a stress on defenses. And this year, again, he's still running the football, but it's not nearly making the same kind of impact and he's still putting up the same numbers and more. Yeah. There's your argument right there. I mean, the proof is in the pudding,
1: right? And he's on pace currently to smash Carson Wentz record of franchise pass yards at this yeah. current point in time. And he, on this pace, he's going to be over 4,500 yards. And did he play perfect ball his first five weeks throwing it? But the last three, He's looked pretty freaking good, man. Since that
0: first Washington game, I think, is really when something switched.
1: He figured out that he has to protect himself, I feel. Like, that bone bruise kind of woke him up, maybe, man. Like, hey, I I can't be doing this, but I'm still that good of a pocket passer. And if you have a guy that can make the throws that Jalen Hurts has made this season, last season, and developed from who he was as a young player at Alabama... The sky, like, what is the limit for him? Where is his ceiling? That's what I yeah, want to know.
0: I don't know. It just keeps getting better and better. Even Sunday, I'm like, this isn't, I mean, just elite quarterbacking. And Gino stock up to his receivers too, obviously, right? AJ Brown breaks the record for most consecutive games with at least 125 receiving yards at six, breaking Calvin Johnson's record of five. This might be, and I don't know if this is a dramatic take and I'm being a prisoner of the moment, but is this the most dominant non-quarterback stretch of play That we've seen from an eagle in our lifetime i don't i can't remember maybe like 2013 shady mccoy but the six-week tear that aj brown is on right now i don't know if i've ever seen this
1: nobody's ever seen it i mean quite literally it's never happened in the national i mean that one-handed
0: catch i've never seen an eagle make that
1: (laughs) (sighs) how did tennessee trade this man away i mean you he's built in a lab dude he's built in a lab the national media is
0: having wide receiver one convos now like is he the best receiver in football
1: I mean, he is like. What do we even? There's no other discussion, man. Zone press off, bail. Like it doesn't matter. You third can't down cover this down, guy.
0: Screen game contested double. The guy.
1: I mean, look, yeah. he he did what Devonte Smith usually does against Washington, and quite yeah. literally, moss two guys and made him run into each other. And he's on fire because the trust with Jalen Hurts is there. The offense is starting to get into a rhythm to the point where. They go 60% in the red zone, which is really good, and they could have went a 100% if they didn't fumble it on the one and three-yard line, respectively. So yeah. they're they're hitting their stride, and that's why I was never worried about the Jalen Hurts turnover discussion or that little bickering between A.J. and Jay just let it all play out, man. Like they have the guys in place. There's nobody better suited than Jalen, the offensive line, the run game. The It's just, it's a perfect synchronicity of what they have wanted on offense. And we saw it, man. Like we were in a shootout twice against this Washington team. Jalen had to throw them back into that game twice. And he won both of those games. Like this is what we've been screaming for years that we have wanted. That Jeffrey Jeffrey Lurie must have been snickering like nobody else after that game. The way they won. Well,
0: and it's because it's not just Brown. Devontae Smith seven catches for ninety nine yards and a thirty eight yard touchdown. Devontae, I mean, he deserves his flowers. He's been quiet. He's kind of had to take a back seat to AJ Brown, but quietly Gino he's still on a thousand yard pace and seven total touchdowns this year so and Julio Jones steps up in a massive spot with that touchdown all tied up late in the fourth quarter you got two defensive backs on you you take a huge hit I mean the receivers the big three on Sunday were incredible
1: that's why they built the offense the way they did right they wanted guys that can win in a basketball team makeup right like that's what they are they play some bully ball man just bully football and DeAndre Swift delivering that hit he did on offense. The way that Julio gets up from being smoked by two guys, like they're, they just feel like a, a monster that can't be beat can he change his And number, that's got to be way, so though. demoral. Yeah, 80 stinks. Can we that's get Todd rid of the 80 for Julio? So like, can
0: we get him a number in the teens? It's got to happen. Like Open
1: one up. <laughs> open one up, Kenny G. I agree.
0: Yeah, but the passing <laughs> game, obviously the main reason the Eagles won this game. Gino, who else you got for stock up?
1: I think we got to give Brian Johnson a little bit of credit when it comes to turning the sure. red zone around. There's still some situational things like giving Kenny Gainwell the ball that yeah. are just maddening and just not self-scouting. You can't say that you do while you do the things that you do in terms of personnel, but the numbers speak for themselves. He had some good play calls in the red zone the last couple weeks, and they're starting to figure it out. And I that agree. DeAndre Swift, Wishbone, Wing T, we're going to go – brotherly um, shove fake it with the reverse sweeps to DeAndre
0: kiss. oh it's beautifully designed it so beautifully smooth. called beautifully executed i agree stock up to Brian Johnson stock up to Hassan Reddick Gino we call him the Mariano Rivera of the defense and of maybe the entire NFL right now because of that big sack in the fourth quarter. The numbers, we've all been saying this on Twitter, like Hassan Riddick. I mean, is he the most clutch player on defense in the entire league? We finally have some actual numbers to back this up. This is from Bull Wolf, formerly of the athletic Eagles reporter of the 26 sacks Hassan Riddick has since 2022, 11 and a half of them have been in the fourth quarter. He has the highest sack rate of anybody in the fourth quarter when the game is at least an eight point differential or less. So, literally, he is the most clutch pass rusher in football, and he did it again on Sunday. Hassan Redick up to six and a half sacks now. To see where he was in the the first few weeks of the year, it's like he is literally doing exactly what he did last year, and he's actually on a higher sack pace than he was last year.
1: I almost made a horrific mistake today. I was recording the Edwin Diaz walkout, Timmy Trump at Narco, but he plays for the Mets, and I know we're in Philadelphia. I, I can't say, tweet out anything with the Mets, disaster, so yeah. I tweeted out Mariano Rivera <laughs> in his last All-Star game coming out to enter Sandman. That's what it feels like, man. It's just like Hassan steps on the field, and he's like, this is my time to shine in the fourth I mean, quarter you know, like, when what? you need to. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what we pay you for, and that's what we're going to yeah. extend you for. Like, pay him now. That's what he's going to get going to cost for. so much more money if I you know. keep waiting. This guy, without a, you should have paid him when he had that freaking cast on his I arm. Know, that was your way
0: out. Feels like each sack is another $10 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. That's what it was when the, the Yankees were going to pay Aaron Judge. I'm like, oh, another home run, another $10 yeah. million. Like, that's sure. what it
0: is with a Son Reddick. Another guy you got to give his flowers, underrated on the defensive line. I thought Milton Williams really stepped up. The pass rush wasn't great, Gino, but Milton had some key pressures late in the game. He actually had the highest pass rush grade of any defensive lineman, according to Pro Football Focus, of Eagles' defensive lineman against Washington. I just think he's so underrated. And Jalen Carter went down, Fletcher Cox on a snap count, Jordan Davis banged up with that hamstring injury, wasn't playing a lot. I thought Milton really did step up.
1: Well, they move on from Contavious Street, and that's after a
0: week where you had
1: three of your interior defensive linemen, Milton Williams, Jordan Davis, and Jalen Carter go out to injury. Hopefully that's a good precursor to say that those guys are healthy because Milton, even going to the locker room in the middle of the game, dude, he came up, he, he continues to just show up when you need him. Like, you need a big rundown so they can play behind the sticks. Oh, there's Milton blowing it up and getting through the gap. And, oh, you need pressure on the quarterback. It might not be a sack, but he'll be right there to affect them. Oh, yeah. there's Milton Williams again. And, dude, having a heel injury and walking to the locker room and being like, yeah, we might have to do an x-ray. And then coming back out and still being able to perform, the guys in the NFL – I think about some of the injuries they go through. Hats off to all of those guys, man. They are truly yep. warriors yep. by every stretch of the word.
0: You made the take on the show a couple weeks ago, and I totally agree. Milton Williams would be maybe the best defensive tackle on a number of NFL teams.
1: That We should do that. We should go down to every team, take their best interior defensive lineman, and say is Milton Williams better than them because I think, I think we would— probably get halfway through the league with that being a discussion
0: yeah he can be that good and you can see the ceiling i mean he flashes it at times and again to have that as your fourth man in the defensive tackle rotation unbelievable Gina, before we get into stock down anybody else you got here for stock up
1: Britton covey braden man the whole special teams unit i mean they're for once just not a liability like what have i been saying Britton covey if you just continue to let him go. He's going to set you up a good field position. I think he's done that time and time again. Braden Mann clearly a better option than Aaron Sipos ever was. And yep. Jake is just so good, man. Like he's just going to hit 50 yarders in, until he retires in like 16 years from now. He's going to be Justin Tucker and might be better than Justin Tucker is right now. That's a legitimate sure. discussion we have to have.
0: Want to give a shout out too, to the offensive line. It's becoming it's just normal every week for them to not give up sacks and just to hold their own against great defensive lines. They did that again on Sunday against a really good four-man pass rush. Their quarterback's got a messed up leg and Jalen hung tight in the pocket and he really wasn't rushed all that much. And even they lost Sue Opetta for a bit. Tyler Steen comes in. I thought he held his own at right mm-hmm. guard, the rookie third round pick. So shout out to the offensive line as well, stock up for them. Gino, we will get into stock down coming up next So There were definitely some guys that struggled. You only won this game by seven. It took another shootout to get the job done. We'll get into that coming up next right here. On the Locked On Eagles podcast. And guys, today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Just take Jalen Hurts, the anytime touchdown. Well, no, that's going to be. This is money line. So just take the Eagles to win the game. That's $150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, there's a wide range of betting options spreads player props that's where you can take hurts on the anytime aj brown just hammer the over maybe the under on some other numbers as well for the eagles defense all that and more visit fanduel.com slash and kick off the nfl season fanduel the official partner of the nfl this is the lockdown eagles podcast we're wrapping up a tuesday edition of the show it's stock up stock down after a 38 31 win over the washington commanders to get to seven and one so, Gino, let's get into the negative stock down. Who do you think struggled the most in that game on Sunday in D.C.?
1: I have a major qualm, and, and this kind of goes with, I, I think, Sean Desai, of course. I think that defense struggled. But just cowardly coaching before halftime it tends to be something that has popped up multiple times this season, whether it it's has, the actually, Eagles yeah. with three timeouts, taking a knee with more than 30 seconds left, or Sean Desai allowing Sam Howell to just march down the field right before halftime and giving up a field goal. I just think cautionary defense and just cautionary offense is not a way that you are going to win football games. And it almost came back to bite them yesterday, man. Like if Howell goes down, punches that thing in the end zone, you might be playing from behind, hoping that you get the ball one more time to go and win that game. So I just think overall defense stock down and just, some of the coaching decisions in big time situations are sure. really irking me,
0: and it is frustrating too. When you see, like, you go back to the Rams game, the offense drives what eighty yards in thirty seconds. You know mm-hmm. they can do it, so why they're giving up at times? Yeah, it is frustrating, especially with the defense. Like, you—that's that's when you shine. Like, that's when your defensive yeah. front is like, "Oh,
1: we're gonna have fifteen minutes to rest. Let's go out there. Let's play tight. No, let's we're gonna play off coverage. Let them have everything over the middle with multiple timeouts." It's not like Washington had no timeouts. They had multiple timeouts to go and work with, and you just let them march down the field. Those are the decisions that hopefully you go back and you live and you learn because that's going to come back to bite you. I mean, it almost did. And the defense, that almost bit you in the rear end too a week after you played Miami. It just didn't make much sense.
0: Stock down to James Bradbury at corner. Brutal game for the veteran. Allowed four catches for 70 yards. Had two bad touchdowns. He gave up. You know, you can see the drop-off. Like, is he a terrible corner? No. And he's had his moments this year. But is he the all-pro corner of 2022 that earned an extension this offseason? No. And I think the main thing you're seeing is the speed is an issue. And he's never really been a fast corner. But it- it's clear this year, like, he's taken a step back and thought he was brutal on Sunday. I, I don't know. I don't want to say, like, him and Slay 100% going to be gone next year. But if I had to honestly predict what would happen right now, if it's both of them staying or one of them has gone, I'd probably say one of them has gone. And it, my vote would probably be Bradbury now. I don't know. He's had, some, he, he's had some bad moments for sure. I don't know if there's just like underlying injuries with him or something.
1: He just doesn't look like his, his full size. Su- I know Slay, Slay off is As the up. season
0: went on last year too. So he's over 30 years old. So that's what you got to remember. This is a, a very athletic position where you need to be able to hold your own in space.
1: They definitely got drummed a little bit there, man. Like those deep overs from guys like Terry McLaurin, some of those faster type of guys, those are going to be points on tape that offensive coordinators are going to look at and say, okay, we got to take advantage of that. We have to go and make James Bradbury run for six seconds in coverage and make him have to travel halfway across the field. It wasn't great. He did step up and make a play when it mattered. I think that's the good thing about yes. them is that even with the negatives, these are veterans who, that do step up in big moments and make yeah. play. He had a great pass breakup. Darius Slay. It was on fourth in, down too. Yeah, it was almost a game-clinching first down for Washington where they were going to be in a good position, and Darius Slay comes in last second, knocks that ball out, and Eli Ricks, I mean, I know we're in the stock down segment, but... I know we didn't even is really 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 good right now
0: we should highlight that for a second we are in stock down but I thought Eli Ricks and Sidney Brown looked considering these are two rookies Gino that are playing a new position in the slot which is a very hard position to play for Eli Ricks to hold his own again right Uh, listen to his coverage numbers on Sunday only allowed three catches for 12 yards 2.4 yards per attempt a 64.6 rating had two big tackles a tackle for a loss in the first quarter A big stop, the Bradbury turnover we're talking about, the pass deflection on fourth down, it came because Eli Rick stopped Logan Thomas short of the sticks on third and short with a really nice tackle. Sidney Brown made some huge hits. I'm very excited about those two rookies. I'm very excited.
1: I do have another concern, though. We'll toss this back in there. What's going on with Keely Ringo? I can't see the field at all. I think Ricks is just a pick. better...
0: He's a better player. I think he's a better player.
1: Are we going to be in that situation? The Josh Sweat is better than Derek Barnett. The Jordan Mailata is Probably. better than Andre Dillard. Eli Ricks is better than Keely Ringo. Yeah, Eli
0: Ricks... Again, a couple of years ago, this guy was getting like day one draft hype. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. he went undrafted, but he has that kind of talent, and you can really see it out there. But yeah, I think a stockdown performance overall, though, from the secondary. Reed Blankenship steps up in a huge way with that interception in the fourth quarter, but before that... Definitely struggled. Gino, uh, you know, Nickobe to Dean too. We got to have a conversation about second worst coverage grade on Sunday. I don't know. It's like I, I just don't see the splash plays from him for a guy under size like that. I don't think he moves as explosive in space as I thought. He just I, I don't know. He really he hasn't been terrible, but there's just times in coverage it's like he's just not there.
1: I think the biggest knock on him might be seeing the. Report of the snap count the next day and Zach Cunningham outsnapped snapped N'Kobe Dean a in a game where they limited the them. amount of li- linebackers they had out there and it is and that's why Deanna Rossini might be reporting on why they're poking around a linebacker that it might be a position that the outside looking in it looks a little bit better but when you're in the building they're saying okay it, it truly is a yeah. position that we have to upgrade or they might think that they might not be able to win with that group they have.
0: And again, he made some nice plays. Like there was that blitz through the a gap in the first half where he lights up the running back, gets the pressure on the quarterback, made some nice tackles in space. But I don't know. I mean, it's like for what we thought Nicobe Dean was going to be, you think he's your every down linebacker that should also be able to hold his own in coverage. He's a guy that used to be talked about as a day one linebacker prospect. We thought him and Devin Lloyd were the two best players at that position in the draft. And now we're kind of talking about him more like Nicholas Morrow. Like, yeah, very good downhill, but you got to know who he is and, he's a liability at times in coverage, but for N'Kobe Dean and the expectations, that's not what I was expecting.
1: Maybe the is lingering a little bit longer. He was just on the IR. I don't want to make excuses and I don't want to talk out a turn, but it is definitely something we have to keep an eye on, to be honest with you. I mean, the middle of the field definitely got taken advantage of yesterday and there's going to be teams coming up, man. Like, you're going to have to defend Kittle at some point. Like what is going yeah. to be your option? Because if you did it like you did yesterday or two days ago on Sunday, best of luck. I mean, they got to find something and that's why we're talking about trade deadline day, Howie Roseman what's going on, man. We might have to make another move here.
0: Yeah. And stock down to Kenneth Gainwell, who's starting to become my new Ronald Darby. And for people that have listened to the show for years, they'll know what that means. I'm just not a fan of what I've seen from Kenneth Gainwell this year, a fumble and a key spot in the red zone going into the locker room and talking crap to fans on Instagram. I mean, I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I made the, the take segment one, and I've said it before on the show. I think they need to give another running back on this roster or another roster a chance at some of those snaps.
1: Not a good look. Not a good look at all. And Somebody who is high on Kenny Gainwell coming out of Memphis, and I think I've been the bigger of the two fans on the show of him. Yes, it, It's not very good putting him out there and his EPA numbers are just horrendously bad. He's not an efficient runner like he was the last two years. And that's why I was okay with the idea of it because in the red zone, he was great the last two years and then something switched and it's been downright bad and it's been a liability for you and it almost cost you a football game. And he's not like Jalen hurts where he's going to make four touchdown passes to make up for it. He's a guy that he's got two corner threes to drain and instead of shooting him at the rim, he turned around and threw him to a fan up in section twenty-two.
0: Right. Like Julio Jones, he hit his three. Like he was asked to hit a three and he hits it. Kenneth gamel has been asked to hit that one or two threes every week. And he just never hits it. I don't know. Again, like I just look at him in the open field, even in that two minute drill, he had like five catches for 30 yards, but even those plays, it's like, why can't Boston Scott do that? I don't know. It just, there's nothing about him that just really screams special to me. And, now if he's going to be putting the ball on the ground and going on social media during a game, I have a huge problem with that. So stock down to Kenneth Gainwell as well. But overall, another positive win. 38-31 the final score. The Eagles are 7-1 and Heading into Dallas week. We'll take a look at that matchup tomorrow. we got crossover Thursday as well with Marcus Mosher, Lockdown Cowboys. Jam-packed show for you. Jam-packed week of shows, I should say, this week right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. That'll do it for today's show, though. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, Birds.
1: Fly, Eagles, fly.